Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson, and today I'm excited to bring to you Casey and Jordana Hinkey of Rescue Junk in Earlham, Iowa. Casey and Jordana are entrepreneurs at heart, and as you'll find out, they've tried a little bit of everything. Now, I have a confession to make. We recorded this in their shop in the middle of a blizzard, and so you'll have to bear with us in this interview as we're trying to talk over the heater and stay warm. Even so, I know you're going to love what Casey and Jordana have to share. Guys, we're so excited to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your shop and how this all came to be. Oh my goodness. We are so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Um, So our shop here in Harlem, um, right now we um, set up and do it one Friday, Saturday, and Sunday a month. So we're not open all of the time. And um, each new market weekend, we fill the store up with all of the fun vintage items that we find and clean up and fix up and wash and paint and wax and all the little stuff. And we turn the shop around every time for a new experience each and every month. How did your love for vintage start? Um, After I went (laughs) off to college, which I never finished, (laughs) my mom started going to uh, farm auctions and I started going with her. And once you start, I think it's really an addiction and it's hard to stop and it's hard to, it's just in your blood. So, you know, I would go to sales with my mom and, and that's how it started for me. I went down a totally different path. I went through culinary school and moved away um, to Portland, Oregon. And I moved back and was working in Des Moines. And one morning I decided that I felt like going to an auction in a little town uh, where I lived, and that's where I met Jordana. So, actually, your love for vintage ties into your love story, and it all started that day. Yes. That one sunny day, Saturday, I woke up and um, really wanted to go to an auction, so I called my mom and... um, Normally, sometimes there are certain places that you don't want to go to because things go high and whatever. But I, I said, let's just go. And so we got in the car and headed to Winterset, Iowa and, you know, got our bidder number and the auction started. And, and Casey happened and to be there. Casey <laughs> happened to be there. So what got you out there that day? I just woke up that morning and decided I had nothing to do. I flipped open a little local paper and saw there was an auction and just decided that I would go check it out. And I hadn't been to an auction in quite a few years, but I just felt like I needed to go. And then I noticed his big feet. (laughs) No lie. His, the shoes he had on, I don't know. They were kind of like some kind of, they were like my kitchen shoes, his kitchen shoes. So, you know, you know, black and just rubbery. And I don't know. And they made me laugh and I commented it to my mom. She made and fun I'm of like, me. I made fun of them. <laughs> but then I worked, I worked my way up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so then funny. it was,
was I had to try to get his attention, and it took it took a few tries for him to really get yes. the message. But we actually bid against each other on a choice of three different items, and she won the bid. Of course. <laughs> And then it did take me a few times of her coming up and talking to me. And she actually apologized that she bid against me or ran the bid up. Because we actually wanted different things. But when you're at an auction, you have to take that chance when you're bidding on a choice. So, And it happened so fast. Like, yes. you just got to go. So by the end of that auction day, he... He met my mom and my stepdad, and he helped us load all of our finds for the day, and he said he would call me, so I was hoping he would. And how long did it take? A few days. Yeah. I worked downtown Des Moines, and she actually was working at a coffee shop, so it was kind of on my way home anyway, and I think I just stopped by before I even called you. Maybe. I don't know. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. So over the years, this love for junk and vintage has evolved into a legit business, one that you make your entire living from. But what I really love about you guys and respect is that you've customized it to fit your life. And what made you decide to set your own rules when it comes to business hours and how you run your shop before that was the cool thing to do? I feel like so many people are doing that now, but you guys were the first ones I knew of who were doing that. So how has that changed and developed over the years? Okay. It's kind of a story. And, um, you know, I think kind of our motto just is that we just do what we love and we, we do what works for us. Um, so we, um, once we met and we fell in love and had a baby, we decided that we wanted to, um, moved to um, an acreage um, in Earlham, or rural Earlham. And so we did that and um, renovated our farmhouse there. And kind of towards the end of that renovation decided it was, you know, going to be a beautiful fall weekend. And so let's just have a yard sale. So we did. And it was, it went really well, and we enjoyed it. So, you know, that over the winter, we decided that hey, let's, you know, plan something out and do something really fun for spring. And so we had our our first really planned farm sale that May of 07. And, and that was, so again, we were just doing, you know, what we, we didn't put a lot of thought into it. You know, sometimes I'm an overthinker a lot, but with this, we just, we knew that's what we wanted to do. So we had the first sale and it was really fun and successful. And, and people were asking us, well, when are you going to do it again? So we're, we said, okay, we'll have one in July. And then we had one in October. And then we had one in the freezing December winter. Outside. Outside. And that was our first, 07 was the first full year of it. And so then we did it for three more years. Um, and, you know, it's uh, all of our, you know, customers, I think, have just as fond of memories as we do about those days and having them line up and waiting at the gate to rush in to see what they were going to find. Um, so 
you know, those were fantastic times, but we, we started to supplement income so that I could stay home with our babies. That was, you know, daycare is crazy expensive. And, and I think it's important that you do. Those are, you know, times that you're never going to be able to get back is to be able to, to raise your kids. So, so that is why we made the choice, um, to do the farm sales. But as they went along, we, Casey wanted to do this full time with me. We wanted to do it together so that he wasn't using all of his vacation days to work too. Yeah. Cause you literally weren't getting a break. I mean, it's lots of weekend, you know, on weekends you're finding, you're out buying and then, you know, then you have all of the work to do to get it, to get the items ready. So, so yeah, weekends were work, vacations were work. It was, we invested a lot, um, in our business. It's, you know, eat, sleep, breathe, breathe it, but it was worth it. So we decided to, that we want to do it full time. And that was when we had to decide how we were going to do that. Um, I think that we didn't necessarily want to renovate the barn that we had and to, and to continue it on the farm. And so it was where were we going to be able to do this, where there wasn't wind involved and rain and snow that we had to work around. And that was, that led us to that. We wanted to, open a storefront in our town of Earlham. Um, that's where Casey grew up. And we just really wanted to be a part of our community. We love Earlham and we want to see it grow and we want to be able to do whatever we can to help with that. And we knew our kids were going to be enrolling in the school here. So we also thought it would be convenient to be in town and to be close to them. So we, we purchased <laughs> the building in um, November of 2010, and we took a month to renovate it with the help of family and friends. God bless them. Um, and we opened it a month. We opened our storefront a month later. So it was insane. And you tell this story of being here. Was it Thanksgiving night? <laughs> I think it was Thanksgiving night, and we were here with some friends um, refinishing the floors and the fumes may have affected our thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I believe we were here Thanksgiving morning staining the floor. And then we were back Thanksgiving night till about midnight putting sealer on the floor. With the help of friends. With With the the help help of friends. friends. And you had a good time. It was a good time. (laughs) And then you open literally the next morning, right? No, no. we opened maybe a week later. Yeah. But okay. again, that days. was a huge process too. And I remember the um, the night before we were supposed to open, or the day we were supposed to be open, I was I had a cold and wasn't feeling well. And I can't tell you how amazing really our friends and family are. We cannot do this without them. We had... Um, you know, Casey's sister and her family and my family and our friends and people that we just knew through business come out and help us set up to get our doors open. It was really is amazing. I think 
part of why we love what we do is um, who we have met and the relationships and friendships we have made along the way is is probably one of the best. It's the best thing that has come out of our business, I think. That's amazing. I love to hear about the support. And I think that's one of the great things about a small town, too, is you just seem to have this kind of network of support around you and they're rooting for you. Absolutely. They are. They are cheerleaders. We love them. So we, we opened up, we got through and we, we opened and it was, it was wonderful. And we were open. We decided when we, then when we started this, that we wanted to be open one, um, Saturday, Sunday a month. And so we tried that and it seemed to be working for the few first several months. And so we took a huge leap of faith and Casey quit his job that March. Mm -hmm. And that was really scary. scary. I bet. And we probably weren't smart about it. We didn't have, you know, months of savings. We just really took the jump and, and did it. But we haven't looked back and it's been six and a half, seven years ish. Yeah, seven years. Not quite seven. Wow. Yeah. I feel like there was just something in your gut that you guys kind of just knew Mm -hmm. this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that all along is how we've we've done things is, I mean, sometimes it takes a little while to process it. Agonizing hours sometimes. But (laughs) when we finally come to a decision, we usually stick with it and just do it. And it works out. It's great. So... So all of a sudden, you're both now all in on this business. Yes. And you would think we would have more time. You know, you would think that when you both are doing it full time, that there's just going to be all of these magical added hours in the day, which is not true. (laughs) There can never be enough time. (laughs) But yes, so we we started doing it um, every, you know, together every month. And then... There was an opportunity to open another retail store in the East Village in downtown Des Moines. Because you guys were starting to get traction here and people were liking what you were offering. And so. Absolutely. We had a good momentum here. Um, things, you know, were pretty consistent each month. So, so when this new opportunity came up, I really wanted to do it. I mean, it was the East Village in Des Moines. I mean, that's pretty exciting, I and the, think. And the East Village was just really starting to boom. And it was an opportunity we felt like we had to try. Yes. And just to describe for our listeners, <clears throat> the East Village of Des Moines, I would say is the more creative, artsy part of Des Moines. Lots of cool old buildings that were being restored. And, these and small businesses. Yes. Where you really... You have Valley Junction in Des Moines as well, but those really East Village and Valley Junction are the only places that really support um, and small businesses and where you can find a collection of them together. Yes. Yeah. So there was a storefront open in the East Village. Yes. That kind of, it needed some work done to it, but we thought, yeah, we can handle this. You know, my stepdad's really handy to say the least and Casey's really good too so we're like yeah we can do this so we signed the lease and then we find out that 
we're not in Earlham anymore. And <laughs> you have to jump through all of the different hoops with the city. So that took on a whole. The building was formerly a garage and a livery stable back in the early 1900s. And wow. it had never been an actual retail space. Until we, until we took over the lease. <laughs> so that took a lot of work with the city to, to actually bring it up to standards that they felt. To code. Yeah. We were hoping to open, you know, a month after we signed the lease or something, you know, yeah. kind of like how we'd done it before. Yeah. Uh, but that, it took about four more months to, to open our doors. We signed the lease in February and opened our doors in in June. So it took some time, which that in itself took a lot out of us. It, it was a lot of, a lot more than you were expecting. Yes. Yes. So we opened the doors and, um, we had Casey's cousin helping us full time down there for a few months. And then we ended up taking turns going down there every, every day. I don't remember exactly how, how many days we were open, but it was a lot. So we were commuting, you know, from Earlham to Des Moines. Which is... Which isn't bad. I mean, people do it all the time. It's probably 40 miles. Yeah. Yeah. To downtown. But it just was a lot for us. And we really weren't enjoying it. It wasn't, it wasn't the same experience as we were having back home in Earlham. And during all this, Earlham was... Con- was staying open too. And we were trying to keep our monthly markets going on there as well. So you're getting spread pretty thin through all of this yes. process. Exactly. So we made the really hard decision to close silo, our store in the East village after just a year of, of signing the lease. It was, um, you know, some might say it wasn't the smartest business decision because we were doing well down there, but we had to make that decision for our family that it was, you know, if we keep going down this this road that I don't know what's going to be left. It was just too much for us. So we packed up and we we moved, you know, we moved everything, you know, to Earlham. Back to Earlham. Back to Earlham. And just continued with our store here. So we thought it would be fun to try something different in Earlham just because, you know, things had been, yes, we'd spread ourselves so, so thin and we're just trying to make sense of things kind of. Um, so we tried to be open in Earlham and change our hours from one week in a month to open every Thursday through Saturday. Oh my word. <laughs> that we are creative people. That was like putting us in a, dog kennel (laughs) it was torturous kind of (laughs) you know Earlham is fantastic but we don't have a ton of foot traffic right um and it wasn't what we were used to you know when we were doing our monthly markets we were busy it was exciting it was fun interacting with people and then to to change it to that it was it wasn't so fun so we've done a lot of flip-flopping in this, in this time period, you know, we've, we, you know, Casey quit his job. We were open just once a month. Then we opened silo. Then we closed silo. Then we kept rescue junk open 
weekly. Then we started doing magazine work, which was really fun. You can tell we like projects. Yeah. No, it's great. So how did the whole magazine work thing come to be then? I don't exactly know. Friends through friends Uh got us connected. We were actually selling a lot of our vintage items and tables and surfaces to some people that would prop for the magazine a lot. And that's kind of got our foot in the door. So Meredith Corporation has lots of different (laughs) magazines. And they're Um, located in Des Moines. Yes. Yep. So we started doing um, work for Do-It-Yourself magazine, which was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Don't you think? We would get to create projects, go out and buy props to, to make up the set and to decorate the set, and then go through all the photo shoots, too, which was a pretty cool experience, I think. So we did that several times, along with starting to... <sighs> Vintage and Make Bear with our friend Trisha. Okay. So for those of you who are in the Des Moines area, you might know Vintage and Made Bear. It's um, a vintage show that has all things vintage and handmade. So it supports all the makers and local artisans. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, was really fun, too. All of it was a lot of fun, but we were really getting burnt out. I can only imagine. That is a lot. (laughs) It sounds like a lot. (laughs) So during all this time, we're, you know, we're got the shop going. We're doing magazine work. We're doing a vintage show, creating it, organizing it. Thank God for Trisha. She, yeah, she carried us. (laughs) She's a rock star. Um, but my mom got sick with cancer okay, and, um, and she fought a long, hard battle for a year, but passed away. And that is really what stopped us in our tracks. Um, we knew that obviously that life is really, we found out life is really short Yeah, and we wanted to kind of reevaluate what we were doing with our life. And that meant um, that meant eliminating vintage and made from, from our to-do list. And that meant taking magazine off our magazine work off our to-do list. And we were also doing vintage shows as well, you know, wow. just setting up and, and doing those things too. So we stopped doing the shows. We, we changed the hours to monthly again, which that might've happened a little bit before that, but. We moved our moved that and just decided that we were only focusing on rescue junk in Earlham. And how did you come to that decision? Because I mean these are all really cool things and I have been to all of these things. Like they're amazing. So how did you go through that process of like what do we get rid of? I feel like it was a really easy decision for us. We knew through trying all of those things. We just really loved our store. We loved the interaction that we get with our customers. We love going out and finding the product and fixing it and being creative. And all of those other things, as fun as they are, it just really rescue junks our baby. And that's where our heart is. That's awesome. You just knew. 
We just knew. It yeah. was really easy. And it was really nice to be able to focus on one thing and our brains not going in five different directions every day. Yeah. Because we want to do everything the best that we can, but we were we didn't feel like we were, and that was frustrating too. Yeah. But do you feel like because you did all of these different things and you tried different things, that also maybe helped you realize what your favorite thing was? Absolutely. I don't regret doing and trying any of those things. If we had never opened up Silo, we would never have known. We've always, we would always have wondered, what if we opened a store in the East Village? You know, if we didn't do magazine work, what, you know, what if? Yep. What if? And so we, you know, we played out all of our what ifs. And now we can go back and say, what do we really want to do? And I'm sure I know you guys have been approached with other opportunities too, but having that clear focus, has that helped you be able to say yes and no to the other things that have come along too? Absolutely. Um, you know, there have been production companies that we've talked to that, you know, when we first started, we would have been, you know, all over that. But now we know that, you know, we do like having our time with our kids and we do again, enjoy that intimate relationship that we have with our customers that we would lose if we got huge. We don't want to be huge. We just want to be happy. That's so great. So all of these things, even the things that you decided weren't for you, they were all successful. So I feel like you didn't quit them because they weren't a success. It was just too much and you had to scale down. Help walk us through and maybe explain to our listeners, what were the turning points? Like, I feel like each one of these things, you started it and then at some point took off. Can you help explain what were the things that you were doing where all of a sudden it clicked with people and it really took off with the public? Because I think I want this to encourage someone who is putting everything they've got into their small business and are just about at that turning point and to maybe encourage them to not give up because, you know, that's what we're all striving for is right to get to that point where things shift and it's really clicking with people. Well, I, I don't exactly know how to answer that. Okay. But I feel like we just always have just done what we wanted to do what we felt with our gut. We always went with our gut. We were not scared to just try it and see. We kind of do that. That's our motto. Try it and see. (laughs) It is. So keep going. I mean, if you really feel like you are onto something, even though it's not happening, just keep, keep pursuing it. That's super encouraging. And I hope that will encourage our listeners. What role has social media played in you building your business and just helping create that visual for people to see what you have in the shop. Social media is huge. Um, It's changed our business in a few different ways. Um, It obviously helps reach far more people than we ever could with, you know, printed media or, Um, it's word of mouth is sometimes your best and word of mouth spreads much more and faster on social media. So, you know, pictures tell a thousand words and, and so it is, I think in this day and age, 
very crucial to your business to be out there in some way. Um, on the other hand, it has created much more of a everybody wants things now and expects um, to be their answers to be or the, I'm sorry, their questions to be answered, you know, right of way. And that that has created some challenges for us with just balancing our work and family life because you want to give that great customer service. But, you know, when somebody's messaging you at nine o'clock at night, sometimes you just don't, you, you know, I mean, you're trying to relax and wind down for the day. And so for myself, especially, it's really hard for me to find that balance of turning it off, Mm -hmm. which that's very important to do. So hopefully you guys can do it better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to set boundaries when you own your own business, but you have to. Yes. That would be one of the things that we have learned along the way is we have you know, you know, when we first started, it was go, 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 work, work, work all the time. And, um, and it's kind of a little bit like that now again, but you do have to find some time to just turn it off and be in the moment with your family. Yeah. Do you put a lot of work into staging photos and to, you know, taking quality photos to put those on social media? Because I know, I mean, having been on your page, you get a lot of traction on your photos that you post here in the shop. Thank you. Sometimes I do more than others. Um, but I mean, of course I retake lots and it's gotta be perfect to me. Yeah. And, but what's funny is that sometimes the pictures that I don't think are very good are some of the most popular ones. So you just never, never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are there any other lessons that you have learned with regards to social media along the way that might be helpful for our listeners to take to heart? Um, Social media and myself are an interesting pair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have, I have learned some things about myself that, um, you know, I don't have, I'm not on Facebook personally anymore because it just got to be too much for me seeing what everybody else was doing out there. Um, I, I'm a perfectionist. I like to do my best, but when you compare yourself to others, that is just a really, it's a bad place to be. And so if you guys remember anything, it would just be to concentrate on what you do, focus on, on your thing and do the best that you can do with that. And, and don't compare yourself to what so-and-so is doing and what they just made. And because everybody is individual and everybody has their own thing. And I should really take this to note myself. (laughs) It's hard, but it's always in your face. It's always in your face. And so if you don't turn it off, then nobody else will. So you have to, to make those boundaries. I can imagine owning a business in a small rural town comes with both rewards and challenges. So can you talk with us a little bit about that? I don't think there are a lot of challenges. I think the rewards of, of having a business in a small town or in our small town is, um, it's the relationships with people 
it's knowing that, you know, it's kind of just the ultimate having your own small business. It's a small town. You're, you're doing something for yourself and for your town. It will directly impact you and where you live. I think what is so neat about it, really. You know, I mean, we have a petty sales tax here. So I know that every sale that we make here, I am putting, we are helping support our community. It's going back to our school, which is important for our little kiddos. So And for your community. And our community. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, challenges. We really haven't experienced them. I mean, I feel like Earlham is a fantastic place to live and to raise kids and to do business in. It's go Earlham. Not only has your shop been a great success, it seems to have sparked a bit of a revival for small businesses right here in downtown Earlham. So tell us more about what's been going on here. It's I'm excited for people to hear more about this. Okay. So things are real. A lot of things in Earlham are happening right now. That is, is very exciting. Um, I, it's very sweet, but I don't necessarily think it's it's because of us. It's fantastic. Um, but, you know, there are lots of young people um, and older people really making things happen for, for Earlham. Um, we have a fantastic couple who owns the hometown market, um, our grocery store here in Earlham, which they just do a fantastic job. I mean, it's, you know, you don't always want to run to Des Moines for stuff and to be able to, um, find good produce and fantastic, um, meat. I mean, it's just a one, they do a great job. Um, Walk-in beer cooler. I mean, for Earlham, that's pretty awesome. Um, so we have them and we have, you know, a hair salon and dentist office and, well, what are other places am I forgetting right now, Casey? Well, the Bricker Price Block is a new project that um, is just coming into Earlham. Uh, they just restored a beautiful two-story building and are having a teen center uh, community space with a full culinary kitchen that they're going to work with the high school to teach um, a bunch of culinary classes for the kids. And they're also going to be introducing a new restaurant very soon as well. So, I mean, there's so many exciting things happening right now and it just, it involves everybody. I mean, that's what it it is. It's, it's bringing everybody together. Yeah. And it's been cool as someone who started coming to your shop years ago when you were first open to see Earlham evolve and get these new businesses Mm -hmm. coming in um it's just really exciting to watch and there really is a revival going on here with new businesses coming in and just even the excitement of the people it seems like yes absolutely and our school is doing fantastic we have a new a newer football field and a gym expansion so you know it's really Earlham's really up and coming we I think we really have a good thing going on here right now and we're proud to be helping and being involved in it. It's so exciting. And also a lot of towns in rural Iowa are consolidating because the you know their right. populations are getting smaller and Earlham actually has been able to keep their local yes. school and keep it all within the community still. Yep. And I think, you know, I think it, everybody plays a part in that. You know, obviously your if your school is strong, your town is strong. Yes. But 
your town has to be strong too to keep your school. That's why the um, the grocery store is so important to to have to be here. And you know we have a clinic and a pharmacy and library and dentist office and so there's there's a lot of things that are all working together to keep Earlham strong. That's great. Well, tell us what's next for Rescue Junk. Or any other maybe side projects that you're thinking about starting. <laughs> okay, well, this is a really interesting question for us because you were asking us how we encourage others to to keep pursuing and 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 what advice we have to them. But I feel like we are right now in a transition period. Things have been going great for us. Um, we're very blessed that they are growing and, and, and doing well. But with that, we kind of are at a fork in the road with how we want to continue growing. So there are many <laughs> different um, roads that we are considering going down. And we're just not sure yet. We may or may not restore our storefront to all windows and glass this spring. So we may or may not do that. That's probably the biggest project that's on our radar right now. We may or may not expand our workshop in the back. We're looking into possibly more space. Um, here in Earlham. Here in Earlham. We're trying to decide if we can find some extra help, like carpentry-wise and other things so that we can continue to make, make, make and produce more so that we can keep growing. So we're kind of, I feel like we're experiencing some growing pains and trying to figure out what we want to do. Which I think is normal for a small business. And it's yes. just going through that process of deciding and and I know you guys just went to market in Las Vegas. Yes. Kind of thinking what maybe about that. Right. That was that was a crazy experience. Um, and just trying to decide if we wanted to pursue that um, that area for our shop. Um, for those of you that don't know what market is, it's basically a wholesale market of new products. So um, we went to the Las Vegas one. There's, I think there's a several. There's one in New York and Atlanta and Dallas, but in Minneapolis. But from what people have told us, Vegas was the place to go to just kind of, it was good, but a good starting place too. So we went, there are several, several different buildings to go through. Luckily, we kind of pinpoint which one had what we were looking for, but it's like going to a shopping mall on steroids. It's like 15 floors of new product to, to go through, and it was very overwhelming, but we think we found some fun product lines for the store. Just not reproductions. Because we love vintage. Vintage is our heart and soul, and we would never want to steer away from that. Um, but we we want to have an overall um, balanced 
store um, for you to experience what we truly like and what we what we do at our home is we have a balance and a mix of new and old. Um, they accentuate each other fabulously. And so we just wanted to, to add that aspect in our, in our store for you, for all of our customers that, um, so you don't have to go to different places. You can just come to rescue junk. Love it. Well, it's going to be, Exciting to see what you decide on and how things progress in the future. So how do we follow you and keep up with what's going on and, and, and know what you guys decide on? Yes, it will be interesting. We'll let you know as soon as we know. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook. And that is where we, you know, we post a lot of preview pictures for our, our next um, market events and everything. Um, and then you can find us on Instagram. And on there, I have a lot of fun on Instagram. That is probably where you can find more behind the scenes um, stuff, whether it's with our family or just um, other things to do with our business that we don't necessarily post on Facebook. So if you really want the, the goods, you check out our Instagram. Awesome. This is obviously something that you could just – it could consume you completely if you're not careful. Um, so how do you, what makes it all worth it? Cause you're, you're pouring your lives into this. Um, not a whole lot of breaks. It's kind of a constant on you're constantly doing stuff, constantly getting ready for the next market, the next thing. What makes it all worth it for you? It is all consuming. I would say our, our customers, and seeing their faces and watching them really enjoy being in our store, you know, because no matter how tired we are or worn down from getting ready and setting up the whole shop, when we see people in our store and can interact with them and see how happy what we do makes them, you know, and they're bringing things home and filling their home with, with items from our store that, that make them happy every day. They, they call Rescue Junk their happy place. I, that makes me so happy. That is what keeps me going, is that we bring joy to other people. That and the flexibility of, and of our schedule is fantastic. I mean, sure, you, we have to worry about our insurance and self-employment tax and all that nasty stuff. But to be able to, um, you know, if one of our kids are sick, for the most part, we can, you know, figure out our schedule so that we can be home with them. We don't have to call our boss and take a day off. Um, we just work it in and have to work more, at, you know, other points in time. But it is great to be able to um, be able to be with our family, too. And... Um, What's amazing about being your own boss and, and doing your own thing is that, you know, when your kids do get to that point, like our oldest is going to be in junior high um, next year, but she gets to play for the junior high softball team this summer. And so she has games every morning in June. So 
you better believe we are going to be at those games and we'll work our butts off in the afternoons and evenings to make our June market just as amazing as all the rest. But we are going to be at those softball games. That's awesome. Family first. Absolutely. Family first. You won't go wrong. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being with us today. I think a lot of people are going to be inspired by your story. Um, Go check out their social media pages. You're going to love what you see. And um, it's going to be exciting to see what's ahead for you. Yay. Thank you so much. Yes, we're excited to see what's ahead of us, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, guys. What a crazy fun journey, huh? Well, Casey and Jordana and I have been talking since the time we recorded this, and they actually get a lot of questions from people about how they run their business and some of the behind the scenes things that go into what they do. So we decided that on Tuesday, May 1st at 10 a.m. Central, we're gonna do a Facebook Live and give you guys an opportunity to ask them your questions. It's gonna be a lot of fun and we hope that you'll join us. So mark your calendars, Send in your questions to info at ruralrevival.co and we'll plan on seeing you on Tuesday, May 1st at 10 a.m. Central. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back here next week.